Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, oh guys, we get into so many things. It's a Wakanda Forever episode, and we're going to talk about all the things and how it relates. So many questions you guys sent in, um, how it relates to how it might give us some clues about the X-Men, and uh, how the Eternals might have related to Namor, and all kinds of stuff. And also... We did not emotionally prepare for this episode and we got we had some we had some breakdown moments so be prepared. Be prepared for an emotional ride. I love you. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll and I'm Haley Hobbs. Haley Hobbs of the Source Pages podcast. That's a me. <laughs> How's it been going, man? <laughs> You know, it's been an interesting November, but uh, it's not been bad. How about you? Hmm. Uh, it has been a bad November. But I'm sorry. Not I mean, terrible. I was going to kind of say that, but it's okay. It's okay if it's been bad. I I don't like to dwell on the bad things, but like you know, right? If it's bad, it's bad. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been busy. It's been a rough month. <laughs> right? Is that um, is that good yeah. enough? <laughs> yeah, it's mine, 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 mine too. Uh, well, I'm glad you're here to have a little escapism with me and talk about uh, Marvel. Me too. I'm glad we have each other. Super excited. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, source pages, and man, so many people have been posting their Spotify end of the year playlist things, where it mm-hmm. says the podcast they listen to the most. So many people posted them with us at the top, and that made me feel so good. But what made me feel even better? I don't know. That was a pretty great feeling, and I can't. I can't say. <laughs> I can't say anything made me feel better. That was so nice, so sweet of you guys to post those. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I saw a lot of you even posting them publicly, like posting them on your Facebook and tagging us, or posting them on uh, Twitter and Insta and all that stuff. That really, that's huge because people see that you listen to this podcast the most, and they're like, "Oh, maybe I should check it out." So that's huge. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Um, and, but no matter what, even if the ones who just inboxed it to us, that was great. But a bunch of them had like multiple stranded panda podcasts in their most yeah. listened to thing including source pages and i was like that is so <laughs> awesome yeah we're still kind of babies so we appreciate that yeah it's super rad to see i don't know see the whole community listening to not just our, not just the marvel show but all the shows and like yeah. that. and what was cool is a lot of them were names i hadn't even seen that much in the chat group or whatever mm-hmm. so it was like not even people i know but they're like out there <laughs> and i love that because it just means the community's bigger than we even realize you know yeah, it's so awesome to think about, like, we just sit here and do this, and thousands of people are listening all around the globe, which is, you know, yeah. It, maybe it's been a rough month, but that's a really, like, uplifting feeling. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So, you know, help, uh, as Haley said, her baby show out, and, like, uh, <laughs> go check out Source Pages. So, it's the comic book-related show that we do here on the network um, that her and Brian V. Klein do, and... uh yeah, maybe, maybe you will love it so much that you will also have it on your top five next year. Yes, please. For Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the, what are you covering lately? Well, we don't have an episode this week because Brian's on vacay. But last week we did do a primer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Ooh. And is there true source material for that? No. But there was a storyline that we read, and they pulled a couple of little nuggets from it. So check that out, and then we'll do our review of that next week. That's awesome. I love how y'all like do a primer, and then you do a comparison to how it went with the source material. All right. Well, we're here to talk about Black Panther feedback. We got a bunch of Black Panther feedback from everybody, and we're going to do this thing. Uh, So you ready to dive in? I'm so ready. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. I think in this feedback, there's a little bit of touching on the Ant-Man trailer as well. Some of the stuff we were talking about, but it mostly talks about uh, the T'Challa stuff. Yeah. So um, George Godal, one of our patrons, says, When you guys were discussing Kang killing another Kang and the Kang switcheroo, <laughs> uh, Jeff came so close to hitting it out of the park and calling it a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> really That's good pretty great. <laughs> i think he just said kang switcheroo and kangaroo would have been so much better you're right i Trade hate when i that. hear people <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's definitely something we will definitely call that call that back when uh, if it ha- if it actually happens um <laughs> so uh and now i'm just sitting here wondering what if Dot, so he's dot, writing dot, stuff mark. for Marvel for them. <laughs> mhm mhm yeah well we had this idea i don't know if you heard that episode but we had this idea of like what if that, you know, the, the, everybody thinks Kang, the Conqueror, is in this next movie. And yeah. what if they go down there and you, the whole time we don't trust him because he's like, uh, you know, he's down there and like, we're like, oh, that's Kang. We know it's Kang. And, and Ant-Man decides to trust him and he works with Ant-Man and they get out of the quantum realm. They come out to the surface and then we think, oh, now he's going to turn his back and be the bad guy. But then a different Kang walks in and like kills him. Yeah. And you're like... Oh, he was good the whole time. Like this whole thing. Yeah, that would. And now it's Kangception. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, does the top spin? Is it the real Kang? Where's the Conqueror? <laughs> uh, okay. Also, finishing, uh, finishing out George's feedback. Also, Matt, I hear what you're saying about T'Challa Jr. scene when Nakia asked him if his dad had prepared them for his death, and that's how I felt about it at first. Then I realized it's a callback to the first movie when T'Challa goes to the ancestral plane the first time and tells his dad, I'm not ready to be without you. Mm, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. T'Chaka responds, a man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. Mm. Ouch. However... I appreciate the callback and that it's supposed to provide comfort, but that's a really weird thing to ask a five-year-old who lost his father. Yeah, that's true. The part of the movie that broke my heart, though, was when Shuri, I think, uh, talks about how T'Challa kept his illness to himself and suffered in silence. Obviously, a reference to Chadwick Boseman fighting his illness in silence in real life. One of the several moments from the movie that made me an emotional wreck, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Love y'all. Mm. Thank you, George. I don't remember that line. I actually don't either, and I've only seen it once, so my recall is not going to be very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel bad that I've only seen it once. It's just kind of been hard to get to the theater. Uh, this, 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 as you said, crazy month of November. Yeah. However, and I've said this before, I think on this podcast and my own, I, whenever I'm watching the movies that Chadwick is in, and knowing now that he's gone, I think about how incredibly poignant and wild it is that so much of his storyline revolves around death and dying and accepting Mm -hmm. that and being prepared for that. And it just constantly makes me so reverent of him in a way that he was going through what he was going through the entire time he was in the MCU. And he knew that. And to deliver those lines, like, with such power and poise, it it just, it chills me to the bone every single time. I'm, like, trembly, like, thinking about it. Yeah. It's, I couldn't do that. I'd be an emotional wreck. Yeah, 100%. And, man, 
I love what George said here about uh, reminding us of that line from the first movie because that's so uh, it's so true. Um, and I think that that's definitely what it's a call out to. Uh, and and it, it would be something that Shuri probably would have heard him say uh, mm-hmm. if he'd said it during his life as well. And and yeah, he had to he needed to prepare them for his for his death. And um, yeah, just think about that. And Chadwick having to say that is such a tough line to say. Did he have children? Do we know? I believe so. Believe so. And so to me, it rings true, probably of real life as well. Mm. That was probably a really, really heavy line. Yeah. Mm. He did not have children. Oh, he did not. Oh, I thought I he had read not. that he did. My bad. He got married uh, a year before his demise. I'm sorry for mm. the word demise. That was how it was written on this Google article. Um, right. <laughs> sorry. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the word demise feels weird there, Google. Um, <laughs> I, I know it's just someone writing and being like, we need to use a different word here than death. Right. It just, yeah. It's like, Thesaurus.com. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. That, yeah. We're, it's going to be, it's going to be a, tougher podcast than I I, 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 I didn't emotionally prepare myself. I was like, oh, well, let's talk about Black Panther. It was such a cool movie. We'll and now so I'm like, oh, fun. right. <laughs> Forgot how, I, it's been a week or two since I've forgotten how sad it was. Yeah. <laughs> Until I'm starting to think about it. Um, up next, we got Rob Corbridge. Hi, all. Uh, just wanted to share a bit of, of a review for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I thought was really beautiful. Can't remember the source. Sorry. They said the film was bookended by scenes that revolved directly about T'Challa, and then went on to say that despite his passing, Chadwick Boseman was still holding the film together. Mm. Wow. I thought that was a lovely sentiment. Lots of love to you all. Mm. Everybody's just getting us right in the feels right now. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. You could feel his presence throughout the film. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, it's so, it's so ever-present on, like, the production to, to the, you know, just every piece of it is so important to the, the internal and external situation that surrounds the movie. Yeah. And it's just kind of wild. They handled it so well and kept, were able to really push us through it. And then also lo- losing their mother, it's just like... They really uh, put us through it in this movie. Yeah. And then they made us think that Shuri was dead <laughs> or going to yeah, die. Right. There was a second there. <laughs> but somehow they were, and I think a lot of it was Riri, just kept it light to some degree. Like, I, I yeah. don't think of the movie as a sad movie, even though it's got so much grief in it. There's a lot of adventure and fun and, you know, Namor and... Okoye had some some good moments, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okoye and Shuri together were just such a good, like... Yeah. Team, it's great. Up next, we have a voicemail uh, from uh, Ryan Thomas. Let's see what this is about. Ashley, Matt, Jeff, how you doing? Hope you're all okay. This is a message just for you guys, really. First and foremost, like the uh, listener said, uh, fuck that troll. Uh, whoever's trolling you out there, Ashley, they obviously don't get it. But yeah, whatever. Um, I've just listened to the Wakanda Forever. Uh, fan reaction and I just want to say a thank you to and please forgive me I get you both confused because you sound a little bit alike Matt and Jeff I think it was Matt but please don't take offense Uh, I just want to say thank you for the amount you've shared with the viewers about uh, your loss and you know just you can hear it in your voice that you are 
that you are obviously still grieving and fair enough and but I just wanted to say thank you because you don't have to share any of that and you choose to and I know there's someone out there who you're making it easier for so much respect to you and again much respect to you all for the wicked job you do but mainly I just wanted to say thank you and keep your heads up when you have shitty people getting it on your back when all you're doing is giving this out for free for most people so yeah thank you anyway guys and take care what a kind message (laughs) yeah for sure um and yeah Ryan um thank you uh that's very kind of you to uh say Uh, I um yeah, I gotta go right back into it. But uh, yeah, I don't know much. I don't. I don't consider myself a crazy wise person or anything. But the reason, honestly, the reason I shared it in that moment on the cast about uh, the little lesson of about grief that I learned when I was going through my my family's uh, the so many deaths in my family a couple years ago um, was like I remembered uh, it was crazy. So I lost my sister, and then six months later, my best friend lost his sister, and. Um, he, we were at the funeral, we were at her funeral, and he came to me and said, like, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this, like, at all. <laughs> and, um, and I just, I, I told him the same thing I said on that podcast, which is like, grief comes in waves, it never really gets better, but it just, it does come in waves, and it's lessened over time. The, you, you have more good days than bad days over time. Yeah. And, like, that is just the only thing I know about grief, but it, do, it does happen. And, um. And in that moment was just such a, he, he, he wrote me later and was like, you were so right. And that like, that really gave me enough to get through that. And he, he thanked me for that. Like, you know, a month or two later. Yeah. And, um, and like, so when I, when we were talking about grief, I just felt like I had to share that with you guys for the same reason. Cause it actually meant something to my best friend when he was going through, it was just crazy yeah. for us to lose both sisters. We're just, we're, you know, we're both sub 40. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and both kind of for the same reason. We both had kind of sisters mm-hmm. that were like a little uh, wilder in their youth, and uh, never really, never really got it together, you know. Yeah, and they both. Uh, it's actually crazy. I just talked to the same the same friend like a month ago, and I just found out that his. So when when his sister passed, his mom and dad took his daughter, her daughter. Oh wow! It's the same thing that happened in my yeah. family. And now his parents are getting too old and he's about to take in the daughter. Oh my gosh, you have, you have a new dad friend now too. (laughs) Yeah, it's really strange. It's really strange. Um, So, so yeah, it's me and him kind of gone through, we, we, we talked for an hour the other day and it was just like, oh man, we're going through the same thing again. This sort of like crazy wild Mm. pressure thing, you know? Grief is, um, I've lost a lot of people Mm. in life and uh, it's the holidays. It always makes me miss my grandmothers, especially, but at Thanksgiving, my mom and I were trying to remember somebody's name from high school. And so I pulled out my freshman yearbook and we were looking at it. And then I was looking at it again today and, you know, people write in yearbooks here in the U S I don't know if anybody else does that, but you write sentiments like love you forever, BFF, you know, kind of stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine who, killed himself the next year had written in my yearbook and that was a mm-hmm. long time ago but it hit me like a ton of bricks and I don't think about him all the time anymore and I I don't think about him extremely sadly like I used to but those little reminders of the handprints that people have on your life it hurts in that second mm-hmm. but it also I was super grateful I was like that's Luke 
I remember Luke. Yeah. You know, it, you have to... Man. You have to have the grief for the reminders about the love that you had. Mm. What is grief but love persevering, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> we all need therapy yeah, after yeah, today. No, I, 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 yeah, for real. Uh, this is therapy. What are you talking yeah. about? Uh, no, I I can't say I've gotten there mm-hmm. uh, to to what you're talking about. No, no, yours and are so fresh. Um, and that, but I really appreciate that because I have not had that time and uh, and when you, when it happens, back and know. appreciate that, that the heavy feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. Um, so thank you. Um. Poof. Okay, man. I yeah, I did not emotionally prepare for this podcast. I feel like we did the we when we did know. the uh, well, yeah, when we did the episode, uh, we were all like, okay, whoo, shake it off. We got this. All right, we can. We're gonna get through talking about this movie for a while. But yeah, I was not prepared today. I was like, it's just a podcast day. Let's talk about Marvel. <laughs> oh right, this movie. Um, <laughs> the saddest movie ever. <laughs> <sighs> and continuing. Another one of our patrons, Andre Sparks, says, Hey guys and gals, uh, here's part two with predictions slash clarifications slash fun facts. He wrote a really great, uh, an, an, <laughs> he wrote two in at the same time. It was just like, I know you'll probably do two episodes and I just didn't want to write a crazy long one. That's very thoughtful. Efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, he says, number one, Val is coming for that vibranium. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is going to be the connection to the spinoff or Thunderbolts. How do you think Val will use the Thunderbolts? Ooh. I mean, sounds like she's going to go after it. It just sounds like she is going after all the power she can. Yes. I think it is very likely there is a strong connection between her and the power broker, mm-hmm. Sharon Carter. And I think that, yeah, they'll come after Vibranium. They're going to come after all the powers and anyone they think is a threat. They're basically, I mean... They're going to be seeking power, and then they're going to turn that into... They're basically Hydra. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're going to try to turn, stop all the people that could stop them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a new project in sight or something like it. Mm. But maybe a very specific project in sight <laughs> to people right. who have wronged them or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Project in sight with, like, Val's hand on the wheel yeah. instead of just, a, <laughs> a, like, uh, uh, an algorithm. Right. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> okay uh number two uh, prince t'challa is seven or eight remember we haven't seen nakia since black panther which was right after civil war so that's two years before infinity war then the time jump of five years in endgame and one year after funeral so uh that's a total of se- at least seven years um i forget sorry i forget what i think it was it Somebody on the podcast was like, thought he was way older than he looked. I don't know. Or, or no, no, the family. He's way younger. I think it was, was it Jeff or was it Ashley remember. or something? <laughs> was like, he's four, I think. Yeah. It was Ashley. She was like, I think he's about four. And I was like, no, he is not four. <laughs> like, I don't know what. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was very funny. Um, I think we could get another time jump. Or he will come from the future to warn about Kang. Or maybe he goes into the time beam from Endgame to get older? Mm. Uh, do you think we will get a future T'Challa soon? That's cool. What do you think? I think so, because if you look at the Young Avengers lineup that they've put out there, everybody's either a teenager, or they will be a teenager, or they're like in their 20s. Right. So I think it makes sense for him... 
Wiccan and Speed all to age up at some point so that they're kind of the same age. Maybe not exactly the same age, but close to the other ones. Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. But I think they've already, I think they've done something very clever here with giving us T'Challa and giving us a future T'Challa to think about and to look forward to, but not replacing Chadwick right away. Yeah. Like, and I think they've literally built in like this weird 10 year gap where Shuri can be the Black Panther. And we all still think about T'Challa as T'Challa. And that also is going to line up with once the X-Men are in here, we'll have Storm be a thing. And like, I think it, I think they're going to get a let it let it let uh, T'Challa breathe for a minute. Like I think they're just going to like let baby T'Challa be a baby for a while mm-hmm. longer. Um, I don't think we'll get a time jump, but we could. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of him coming back uh, in time. And if we do, I'm calling it for Secret Wars. Does that come out after Kang Dynasty? Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. T- mm-hmm. Secret Wars is like the last thing. Yeah. In phase six. I can see it. So I think they're going to let it breathe and then like, I mean, that's only a few years away, but like if they were going to bring him in, it would be a big moment to have like, even if they just get a glimpse of him in the costume from the future coming back to fight, you know, in the secret wars or the Kang dynasty or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Andre continues. Fun facts. The actress who plays Riri auditioned for the role of Shuri. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm glad Marvel brought her back. Uh, there was an AI in Black Panther 1 and Infinity War, but it was a quick role. The voice of South African Trevor Noah from The Daily Show. I did not know that. Yeah. I think I would have even just recognized that. That's cool. Uh, thank you for all you do. Um, Andre. Thank you, Andre. I did not know that. I had That's read cool. that after the fact, and I thought, well, duh. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> I... I've got to rewatch these movies more often. I, I feel like, cause we, cause we get to, you know, it, it, there's just so many of them that I can't rewatch them all, all the time. And then like, we'll get to a movie like this and I'm like, uh, infinity war. Right. What happens in infinity <laughs> war? And like, I, I know the, I know, obviously I can kind of narrow it down. When, like, I gotta think about it a minute. Like, uh, but, and those things, like someone asked us, was there a, um, AI in that movie and I was like I don't remember there being yeah, AI. Yeah I didn't remember that either but I always go look at trivia on IMDB after I see a movie and that's where uh, I learned uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I like that. Um, we, we do that a little bit with um, the Star Trek podcast uh-huh. that we do Star Trek Universe. At the end of the podcast Dave always brings like the, whatever the, the trivia that was about that episode we just watched and that's always really fun. Yeah. So it'll be especially Star Trek's getting really it's just got so much Star Trek. Star Trek's the only thing that's like got more content than Marvel at this point, I think. I, I don't know if there's anything more. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't maybe there's something else, but I can't I doubt it. Maybe I bet there's maybe a uh, No, there's surely a soap opera because they come oh, out like oh, an hour yeah. a day, like 5 fans days a week. the hourglass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the, days the of movies. Our lives. The minutes that we've wasted um <laughs> <laughs> all right um let's see michael mcbean love that name uh since you mr carol mr randall randall and miss coffin <laughs> are very positive and i love you for it i will just be a little bit critical uh-oh uh-oh mr mcbean <laughs> i'm none of those um, people so <laughs> yeah you can be as critical as you want I, my my uh we we always try to be critical just to before oh, yeah. i admit it is. we always try to perfect 
Right. I always try to state the things I didn't like, but I just don't want to like linger on them. Like I'm here to be a fan. Yeah. I was, uh, we were doing this thing this week to try to like, look at, we were told to like, try to narrow down what our audience is or whatever. Uh, and I was like, well, who are we? And I was trying to think of what we are. And like, I was like, we're Marvel fans that like, we're here to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like we're not like all of us are. Um, we're not, I mean, we, we will criticize the things we notice that are, we don't like, but like, we're here to enjoy it. We're not going to like sit here and shit on things. No. Why? If, if it ever gets to that point, if we ever li- dislike Marvel enough to not be able to enjoy it, then we wouldn't stop doing do this it. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, finishing up with, uh, with words of Michael McBean here. Um, sorry, I'm going to keep saying your name, Michael. I like your name. <laughs> um, First, though, I love the performances, especially Angela Bassett and Tanach Huerta. Gorgeous visuals again. My major criticism is that the very weak justification for war makes Wakanda and Talokan um, come off petty rather than dignified in their fight. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Um, The crux of the conflict between the two warring nations boils down to whether or not to kill a teenager in Riri Williams. Uh, This is what my wife and I call an Urkel. (laughs) Don't know what he's going to say, but uh, is it related to the 90s sitcom character? Yeah. (laughs) Did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) And Riri's like, did I do that? Um, What a very simple conversation would have solved the entire problem. Okay, that actually is like what happens, though, right? Like she just yeah. she just has to say like we're going to defend you. He might not have accepted it when she wasn't at at his blade. He wasn't like at the end of her blade, but like I mean, they have the conversation when he first goes to Shuri and Ramonda on the beach. He has the conversation with them. He's like, "This is what I want." The crux of why he wants to kill Riri. He wants to kill her because he wants to protect his kingdom. It's not, I mean, is it justifiable? No. But it is to him because he's been alive for 500 years and he's seen probably a lot of terrible things they show when he's a child. How he came back from the ocean. He's like, oh, the world sucks. And so he's got a very narrow and jaded point of view. And that's what leads to his desire to kill her because he thinks that that is going to protect them. Never mind the fact that he's alerted an entire other nation to their presence. Right. Well, I think it also is that he is, he only trusts it in their hands. He only trusts this problems if they handle it. Mm-hmm. And if Wakanda, he doesn't really trust Wakanda to protect them. And maybe after Wakanda wins the fight um, against greater numbers and everything, uh, maybe that goes, he goes, oh, they're powerful enough to be trusted with this job. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're trustworthy enough to have me like completely dead to rights and not kill me. They're honorable enough. So like, I think it's more about him learning to trust Wakanda. Their, their whole war is more about him learning to trust Wakanda, their power level and their honor, uh, rather than about the actual problem of the conversation. Like, I don't think the conversation worked the first time because he didn't trust them. Yeah he gets to see firsthand their power and put that in his back pocket Mm -hmm. for when he's going to need it at a later date. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. Because we see that at the end where he's really just, he's still conniving. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. He's like, maybe this is worth the risk on top of it. They will be an Mm -hmm. ally in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Continuing, uh, this flimsy justification disappointed me, especially since there are much richer reasons for conflict. The most obvious being whether it is worthwhile or not to collaborate and attempt to reconciliation with colonizers who historically and in the present day conspire to steal natural resources. As a person of color and an American, this is a very visceral subject to me. Learning to swallow one's anger and pain and do the hard work of healing is emotionally difficult, even when you haven't just lost two close family members. Absolutely. Um, add in questions about how oceans and people of color worldwide are most impacted most by pollution and climate change, only amplified by technological advancements and you have several very compelling arguments worth fighting for, fighting over. Many things to love, but I felt the need to comment here. Uh, a panda who is merely adopting the dark to make a point. Best wishes. <laughs> I don't think they're adopting the dark at all. I think that second part of their argument makes complete and perfect sense. And I, I think they did attempt to address those things. Absolutely. I think they did too. I will say, like it's like you said, they, they made this very like... And I think it's it's part of my other complaint about my my biggest complaint about this movie was that I don't think Riri really fit. I don't think Riri right. fit the tone or the um like the purpose of the movie. Uh yeah. but I uh and, and that, that may be part of what happened is they needed her to be a key player in the movie because they wanted to introduce her. So then that she became the MacGuffin instead of like just letting mm -hmm. it be about what it was really about, you know, about, um, you know, this nation that doesn't trust this other nation and um, has to learn to right. in some way or some fashion. My only other thought about the idea of like learning to work with your colonizers and all that stuff. Um, Michael, you said it so beautifully. I don't want to have to reread it or try to uh, what you said about uh, about about <laughs> these these two countries. I could there's it's a large conversation. There's plenty to be said, but maybe part of the reason they didn't go there was because that is kind of what the first Black Panther was about. Yeah, this one's kind of about Wakanda's commitment to the things that T'Challa set forth in the first Black Panther. Like they said, we're going to start protecting our people wherever they are around the world. Right. And then they're faced with this like moral thing of like one girl to save your kingdom. Mm. But it's like T'Challa said, we're going to start like actually saving our people wherever they are after he was challenged by Killmonger. And it's like, do we believe what we believe or not? Like to me, it's like a very Star Trek problem. It's like, the easy solution is obviously just give them Riri almost, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah, uh, but they, they're, they're not going to do that. And um, it, it makes both sides of the argument feel stubborn or feel like the other side is being stubborn. Um, and that leads to the conflict. And two, and they address this at the beginning in the United Nations or wherever the queen is, where when they bring in those French mercenaries who were trying to steal the vibranium, it shows that with the absence of T'Challa and the perceived absence of power and of protection by the rest of the world, that mm -hmm. they're weak and they're not. It's just that <laughs> the world's perception is weak. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's going through their heads uh, when they're deciding what to do. It's like, okay, 
the world thinks we're weak, including this other country that's coming at us. Uh, if we just roll over and do what they want, or we don't put up a, a reasonable fight, then like, are we weak? You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. It's a very gray. It's got all these gray questions and gray answers, and you could go this way or you could go that way. What's the right thing to do? What would any of us do in that situation? It's really hard to know. Yeah. And I will say, I think that part of why it doesn't feel, it feels like a thin justification is all the thi- all the conversations me and you were having right now, it doesn't feel like they had them on the screen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't, like flesh out yeah they couldn't go in depth like this because they right, were exactly. doing so much in the movie yeah and they have to move to the next things but but there are some lines you could include about like you know we could just uh we, we, we don't have to defend her she's not like a wakandan and like right? so there could there could have been a faction who wanted to give her up and then you know no we've we've decided a path for our people and we're going to do this we're going to protect the, the the whole of our people not just those in wakanda yeah. um our, 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 our scope is bigger now. Um, and this is the challenge of our scope being bigger now. You know, like there could have been these little, like just little 10 second conversations here and there mm-hmm. that could have, uh, fleshed out these. And, and, um, yeah. And the complication of working across borders as, as, uh, Michael said with like, with the oppressors and with the like colonizers and the mm-hmm. people that have wronged, uh, all of these people. And then like, particularly people of color and then like trying to rectify all of that, you know, it's, it's a yeah. stuff. And I don't think they really, I think that Marvel while Wakanda forever and black Panther have these conversations. They often have them sort of in the abstract a little bit. Right. And it's a little bit, I think it's the Disney problem of like, are we really going to have conversations about how like America's colonizers, like, is that what we're right. going to do that on screen? You know, Or how greedy other con- like w- right. the line that still really sticks out to me is when Val says, Oh God, I dream of what we could do with vibranium. I dream of it yeah. every night. And I'm, I was like, I mean, that was chilling to me. I thought that's super spot on. That's how the advanced countries think when mm-hmm. there's a, a new resource to be had. Absolutely. And that's a great point. It makes me excited for the future of that aspect of the story because like maybe we will really get that fleshed out and it won't even have to be a Black Panther movie. It will mm-hmm. be, you know, sort of the um, colonizer na- nature that American can take on when it wants something that another country doesn't want to give it, you know? Yeah. Through Val or through whoever. Lots of countries throughout history, lots of countries to this day. It's just the nature of power, man. I mean, and that, that's the the message of the first Black Panther is like you've got this powerful people. What do you do with your power? I mean, it's the it's the Spider Man problem, you know, <laughs> the Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, what do you do with your power? Great power comes great responsibility. Spider Man says, but you know, when you fear what the world will do to you because you've got this great resource, like, at yeah. what point do you turn the corner and start fighting for other people? And at what point do you keep like insular and keep growing your own power? You know, Mm -hmm. it's not an easy decision. No. Mm. Yeah. Great questions and really good comments. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Um, Up next, we got Jeff Haker says, Hey, MCU cast. Hope you are all well. 
Uh, thank you, as always, for the great content and discussions. I saw Wakanda Forever this weekend and listened to the review. I think y'all were starting to discuss it, but is T'Challa's son a mutant? Hmm. Uh, Namor was a mutant because the herb the Talakans took changed him in the womb. T'Challa was changed by the herb, and he and Nakia were together. Hmm. I am not a geneticist, <laughs> but the herb seems to change DNA. Uh, so T'Challa and other panthers and their children would technically be mutants. And that could be passed to their children. Maybe all Wakandans also have an X gene um, created uh, from having contact with vibranium, or maybe anyone genetically related to someone who was a panther at the time of conception uh, receives mutated DNA. Interesting. Hmm. Also, King M'Baku? I am very excited about this and would love to see him being the fun uncle <laughs> for T'Challa's son and how he deals with potential Thunderbolt action. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, as always, and love everyone 3000. Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Hmm. That's that's a fun idea. That's cool. I kind of like that better than... I'm not a fan of the mutants were always here um, underground approach right. because I just think it cheapens the MCU in the past. I think it cheapens the Infinity Saga a little bit in the way that like, okay, well, we had our great Earth heroes or our galactic heroes and I, I don't know. I just, I'm not loving that mm. and so I don't really want them to do that. But this in a more organic way could make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I... I, I don't like the idea of it just being tied to vibranium. Yeah. Um, but that could be one of the many ways that mutants happen. Um, the thing about the X gene that's so intense is it just could happen to anyone at any time and no one knows. And any of your teenagers might suddenly have powers. And that is a scary, scary concept. And like it, it creates this fear because they could be anywhere, you know? Right. And I, I think that's an important part of the story. But it is very possible. I mean, clearly they're. I mean, they're calling um, Namor a mutant, and so and they're calling uh, Miss Marvel a mutant, right? And sh her powers were unlocked by the Bangle, which is like a different thing than how X Gene yeah. powers are unlocked. So I don't know if they're just going to go with like a broader definition of mutant, and we still get an X Gene at some point. Mm. Or maybe the the Earth we're on maybe six is it six one six maybe six one six's mutant gene is different than if we get like in Secret Wars or something like the full on X Men from another universe. Right. Absolutely. That could be cool. Yeah. 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 I do think there's room to bring the mutants in. Not not necessarily they're always here, but like the thing about the X Men stories is, as far as I remember, is it's that th there's a lot of public outcry about the mutants because mm -hmm. it's not that they've, they're brand new because they've been around since apocalypse or whatever, but they're, they're just now for some reason it's being activated in a large scale. Like, so you could see a world where like, yes, they've always been here, but in very, in very small numbers, you know what I mean? Like we didn't, you know, like yeah. whatever. Um, Cause like we, we didn't know Hank Pym existed, but he was doing stuff in the sixties and then suddenly like, Oh, he fits nicely into the universe, you know? Right. So you yeah, could have like a couple of them have been around, 
But now, oh gosh, this explosion, and you have to meet Professor X and uh, Magneto, who are some of the few who've been around, and they're like, yeah, this has been going on a while, you guys just didn't know about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's only a few of us. Yeah. It's a, it's a hipster thing. It's a hipster <laughs> way of getting powers. It's just now getting trendy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a mutant before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> I was a mutant before the Infinity Saga. <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Um, okay, let's do one last one. Uh, Jordan Topken uh, says, Hello, Matt, Jeff, and Ashley. Without a doubt, Wakanda is the best project that has come out of Phase 4 and is my favorite. The story perfectly handles the loss of Chadwick Boseman and sets up the future perfectly for Wakanda. As someone who has lost their mother, I totally feel for Shuri and the other characters in the scene when Queen Ramonda dies. I totally cried during the scene. As for speculation, do you think Namor has ever met any of the Eternals when they were in South America or no? Ooh, can't wait for the King to return Wakanda forever. Keep up the great work. Mm, Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, I'm sorry about your mom. Yeah, so sorry. I think I love that idea. Yeah. The Eternals are like the missing link <laughs> in yeah. all of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, you just we were just talking about the X-Men, whether that, that was a good idea of how to bring them in. It would be kind of right. weird to do it again. Like, we yeah. just found out <laughs> these guys have been around forever. And also, <laughs> there's this other group that's been around yeah, forever. I didn't even think about that, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, no. I feel even more validated. (laughs) (laughs) You you totally are. (laughs) I'm I'm more on your side now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Um, but yeah, I do love the idea that uh, the you know Namor. Although they were in South America, and while Namor's people are from South America, they were in the ocean, and apparently all over the ocean. From what it sounded like, it sounds like they spread. Well, I thought they said at some point that they've spread all over the oceans. Like, Mm -hmm. didn't they? Or am I wrong? Is that, am I making that up? Uh, I don't recall. (laughs) Okay. I could have sworn he said something like that. Like, it wasn't just one city. It was like an expansive thing. Um, Which, either way, it's a lot lot of people and they're under the ocean. And I think they just generally don't bother until, like, literally they started looking for vibranium. Yeah. You know, in their I wonder, okay, where does this fall? Is this before or after Eternals? Because I bet they're pissed about the big marble giant sticking out of their sea. <laughs> yeah. I bet you're right. Um, like, if, we did not redecorate this way. <laughs> where was that? Do we, do we know? Oh, was it in the Atlantic? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was near a beach, so it was, some, it was close to some landmass. It was in some water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just mean like Atlantic is huge, so it was close to a landmass somewhere. Yeah. I just don't remember where. Listen, geography was like a long time ago, people. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there uh, with you. I have, n- I'm so bad at geography. It's like, I'm laughably bad at, ge- I-, I think I'm better now, just like, just from following the news and stuff. Yeah. The world is a big place. The world is a big place. Um, all right. Well, guys, uh, that is all the feedback we have for tonight. Um, 
Miss Haley, I know we talked about it earlier, but t- tell them where they can find source pages. Yeah, we have three socials. We're on Twitter and Instagram, and we have a Facebook page. If you want to read along with us when we read stuff, I always post the reading lists, or if it's not a comic list, I re- post, you know, like the novel or whatever we're going to cover. Or you don't have to read, and we'll do the reading for you. So listen to us. We're on every pod listening thing that you can listen to (laughs) podcasts on and we'd love to have you and if you follow us that's even better and um hit us up with a five-star review on apple if you don't mind yeah please please and i wanted to say again thank you for everybody who shared your uh your spotify top list and if we're on it anywhere any straight independent show it's really meaningful um and uh if you get a chance share those on social media that is really great it's so cool uh that people are out there listening like they are appreciate you guys so much um and we'll be back soon peace until next time true believers thank you for joining us for the marvel cinematic universe podcast available everywhere you get podcasts and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash stranded panda tv and available at youtube.com slash stranded panda and if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts geeky projects and ways to support the network visit strandedpanda.com.